Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi guys, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I'm here with Valentino Khan. It's our first time actually properly meeting because we kind of saw each other, knew each other yeah. at the Miha show. And I have a video of that. Yeah, I just kept, <laughs> I kept looking at you like, this girl looks really familiar. <laughs> I've seen her before. Oh my god, and from these YouTube. And yeah. here we are. Then I, I, I think you like tagged me on Twitter or something. And then yeah, because I, like, oh, I put that's that's that was. Up. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, but now we're, we, yeah, we've we're, met. Yeah, we're doing this. There we go. So you were actually born in LA, right? That's right, yeah. Were your parents born here as well? Uh, no, uh, like my mom is from New York and stuff, so, but I, I feel like I, I love LA so much and I've traveled so many places that I would never like actually leave. Really? Yeah. Why? I, I just, cause we just, to me it's like we have the best, no disrespect to anywhere else, but we have the best of everything. We have, <laughs> we have all, we have, it's, I think part, part of it is like, we have all these different cultures, um, and it's a, it's a big melting pot over here. Yeah. And um, everybody's come here, so you can get the best, like, if you want, like, Ethiopian food. Yeah. I've still never had that, actually, but, but um, yeah, if you, if you want anything, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's all the, and, and, like, there's a great music scene out here, um, which just makes sense for me, and, like, yeah. all my friends live out here. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't really see myself living anywhere else. What was the electronic scene like when you were growing up in L.A.? Um, it was really interesting. I, I think, like, you had, like, Cinespace and, like, Justice and, like, all the Ed Banger guys were, like, I think, even though those guys, like, lived in France, um, they were still a huge influence, I think, how, not just myself, but, like, a lot of people I've talked to, like, a lot of my peers in terms of, like, what they first heard or what they first were influenced by. And, yeah, it started out small and, like, now... People are doing these massive, hard-ticketed events, so it's, it's been cool to to see it grow. And I, yeah, I, I think um, you just have to crazy. be, yeah, I think you just have to be happy that it's grown to the point that it has. And because it's easier, it's easy to be like, you know, be, a lot of people are like for some reason are bitter when their their favorite artist blows up. Yeah, and they're like, I liked I liked them when no one knew about them. Well, it's like. Did you really like them for the, the the right reasons in the first place? Yeah. Then, you know. So I think you just have to be happy about it. Um, and yeah, all these artists are like doing different things than, than they started out doing. So yeah. You just have to like, I think, just be happy about the growth. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there are any disadvantages actually for LA being such a strong hub now? Because like all the producers are moving out here. Mm -hmm. Like. Yes and no. It's a double-edged sword, because it's like. Yeah, it's definitely more crowded out here now. Um, I think just in general, not even just LA, just in, in like dance music world where it's, it's more and more people have found out about it, more and more people are doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to stand out from that, that like viewpoint. Um, but at the same time, it, it, like I said, it has grown in popularity. So if your stuff is really good, I think at the end of the day, it will get discovered and yeah. it will, um, the cream rises to the top, yeah. you know. I, I think that that's ultimately, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So when you were growing up, you are already, like, firstly heavily into, like, hip-hop, right? Um, so, yeah. So, like, uh, Dr. Dre, all that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, 
those are like my big influences, um, like Dr. Dre, Neptunes, Timberlands, you know, I, that, that really like showed me what a producer is. And because and, I was like, oh, that's the guy that makes the instrumental, like the beat underneath. Yeah. Whereas before that, I feel like it wasn't, um, it wasn't getting as much shine, you know? Mm -hmm. How did you even find hip hop initially? I just grew up listening to it. We, we played around the house, you know? Oh, and really? Then, Your parents played hip hop? Yeah. Like, that's that, so that's cool. the thing is like, we, we like, we had like really cool musical influences around the house. So like, listen like Prince and James Brown yeah. and like LL Cool J or like, I don't know, whoever was out at the time, like Ice yeah. Cube. So you're, are your parents creative or? Yeah. Like my mom um, sings, that's I probably get all my musical um, talents from her side, to oh, be honest. Wow. Yeah. I just realized I had a talent at it when I was, um, you know, probably in like my early teens and then I just ran with it and, and realized that I love doing it and, and that it was something I could be doing for the rest of my life yeah. and not feel like it's a job, you know? Yeah. So what was she doing full time or mom? Just working different jobs, but like yeah, yeah she was she was um she 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 has all the musical talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your brother is also like influential, right? Yeah, like he was a guy sense. he was a guy that like showed me what dance music was to be honest. I was just listening to hip hop at mm -hmm. the time and then I, I I came by his room one time and he was playing um Waters of Nazareth by Justice and I was like that that's really interesting like give me that record and then from there I just started listening more and more to it and then I was like okay I'm gonna try to make this music you know and then yeah then I just got better and better at it and yeah. learned learn how to DJ and <laughs> long story short I'm, I'm here now. <laughs> how do you describe yourself back then growing up? Definitely really creative I think no matter what I ever since I was a kid like no matter what I did even if it was like doing a painting in art class like I would always like try to go the extra yeah. mile and make something as crazy as possible or just unlock my creativity to the fullest. Were you more of like a introvert person growing up or like what kind of? No, I think I kind of have a balance between both. Whereas like when I'm in LA, I'm not like out like partying or going to clubs. But at the same time, I'm not like a guy that's like socially awkward or like a mm -hmm. hermit, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I have a balance of both probably, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> what were your favorite subjects back then in high school, like growing up? Not much of it. I mean, honestly, like it, it, anything that, that I could I could do that was creative. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, being able to actually do that was like, and, you know, achieve that dream. Is that I think there's there's not a lot of people that can say they, they wake up in the morning and they really, really love what they do for a job. Um, so I'm really fortunate, I think, in that respect yeah. that I'm able to do that, you know? Yeah. And, well, since you had, like, an early music interest, did you do instruments? Um, so when I started out, um, I didn't really know how to play an instrument. So I would just sample. I would look up, like, who did, like, Wu-Tang Clan sample or who did, like, early Kanye West sample. And then I would, um, I would go digging um, into those records, kind of, like, and just download, like, Hey, this is all like the Charmels or Gladys Knight. I just download all those records and then find my own samples. Yeah. But then there became a time where like, well, I can't, I didn't find any good samples today. So I can't make music. And that yeah. was, I felt like handcuffed like that. So I said, you know, I'm going to uh, teach myself how to play a piano. Yeah. When did you actually start having an interest in music? And like, did you put stuff out online? Like maybe this was before SoundCloud days or during, like when was the first No, time? I never really put anything online. Um, like seriously until like SoundCloud really because oh. um, I, I think I never really had like I think it, it, dance music was like 
I could see a path and like a lane and like a direct route of like, oh, I can actually do this and um, I'll have a lot of fun doing it yeah. and it makes sense. I think, I think SoundCloud, you know, it's, it's kind of sad like the state of SoundCloud right now because without SoundCloud, like myself and there's a lot of other people that like, I wouldn't have had that, that lane or that opportunity to like, to show their music to the world. Yeah. And um, I'm very grateful for that. I mean, that was like the early ages, the early stages, I should say. Me being on SoundCloud or just putting out random songs and yeah, <laughs> and building a fan base, you know. So what happened after high school? Um, I just put all my eggs in one basket and I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, make music. Oh, where was your career at at that point? Like after you finished high school? I just I had music. <laughs> I, I I. How think... are you having a living? Huh? Like how are you? Like I, I just I I just start I just started making music and I just I just you know that was what I was doing since high, after high school. Yeah. Yeah. Did you work like other jobs or? I had one job that was an internship, but that was that. And then I I I just said you know what I'm young enough. I think in my mind I said I'm young enough where I can take this risk right now. Go at music. Yeah. Where it's kind of if if it doesn't happen, then I know it it it, it wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah. You know, and, it, and so I just put myself out there, and uh, sure enough, you know, step by step, I, I, I uh, ended up making a living out of it. Yeah. Did you always go by Valentino Khan? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I started out yeah. producing rap records for people, so I did stuff for like TI and 2 Chains. Yeah, how did that actually come about? I was just sending beats to their camp, you know, and then. Um, how long ago was this? That was like, I don't know. Few years ago, at least. Yeah. And then um, doing that, I was like, um, okay, well, I'm just gonna use my, my real name um, when I'm as like the production credits. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was like once I started to like gain traction with the dance music stuff. It, at the same time, it was like, well, I want I want everybody to know that like I'm kind of doing all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Like it's like there shouldn't be a different alias for like me as like a beat maker and yeah. me as like. Uh, artist, yeah. DJ. Actually, how did you get even inside those like hip hop camps? Because I've heard they're really like tight with who they work with. Just the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've become like since the last few years, they've become definitely like tighter with who they work with, and like, they, like people just don't they like, they just love to work with like who they know and like mm -hmm. don't go don't, they don't jump outside of that that much. But um, yeah, just the internet. It was just emailing beats and then yeah, that's how it happened. Like why? Did you decide to go from like hip hop to more electronic? Um, I think, you know, I still do both. Like I, I, I produced a record for Dizzy Rascal off his last album. And um, I just think that for me, it's just the, the artist side has taken precedence. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm more focused on right now. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, I definitely like the freedom of it where I, I, I'm like, in control of everything yeah basically and I'm like I can make whatever the hell I want yeah you know like that's that's really really um, interesting to me was there a turning point that clicked to you that you that why you wanted to be more of the artist and not just like a behind-the-scenes guy no I, I wouldn't say it's a specific turning point I think it was just like hey you're 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 getting more and more traction in this in this world and in this lane um, you know take advantage of it and, and put all your effort put all your best efforts into it yeah, and the first songs you made were more like Moombatone, right? Yeah, like my early songs were, were uh, like a lot of Moombatone records. Um, 
that's kind of what was hot at the time. I think like people like Dave Nada and like Dylan Francis, who else was making Boombatone beats, like Bro Safari, et cetera, et cetera, Diplo, like all, all these guys that were kind of, it was a lot of like the Mad Decent camp was really pushing that forward. What about that type of music initially inspired you to make the similar thing? I just, I just tried it one, one day yeah. and I realized like, oh, I have like a kind of a knack for making that style. But at the same time, I always knew that like, I never tried to pigeonhole myself and I always knew that like I'm a versatile producer and I don't, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily stick to one thing. So every time I started to get labeled as like, oh, he's a Mumatone guy or like he's a trap guy or he's a house guy, it's like I'd switch it up, you know what I mean? And that's, that, that was really fun to me too where I can basically be doing whatever I want yeah, and um, not box myself in. I just think it's, A, it's more fun for me that way and I think there's more longevity that way, and it keeps things more, more interesting, to be honest. Yeah. Do you have kind of two separate mindsets for like, okay, this is the music for me, and this is more of like the hip hop side that I want to like push it to rappers? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a different. This is a different like production process with both too. It's like um, when <clears throat> when you're working with a vocalist, forget even just rappers. Like when you're working with a vocalist, like you have to leave space for that vocal. Yeah. You know. What's the direction of this record? Like, how much of like a vocal am I gonna use? Cause I've done sessions where like I've tracked a bunch of stuff. I just took a little snippet of what um, the vocalist did and completely flipped it. Like the song I did, "Hello" with Kino, I actually made it in New Orleans bounce beat underneath him, and which is like his forte. Mm -hmm. But then um, ended up like speeding it up into like a, this like weird house record. So. Um, <clears throat> that's definitely another side to it is like it's about kind of getting getting what you need and then flipping it the other way and you have the freedom to do that as like your own artist I yeah think, you know how were you able to teach yourself all this initially uh, just a lot of just messing around to be honest yeah, yeah that's that's really what, what it was I, I think I, I sort of knew basic like piano scales probably that helped me with the piano and then in terms of like sound design it was just like which started like turning knobs in like yeah. in like the in the production software and be like oh this does this and then I'd, I'd kind of I think because no one really showed me and I kind of taught myself everything that kind of helped give me my own unique sound and I would have kind of unorthodox weird ways of like making something interesting mm -hmm. and I think in, do, in doing that um, I set myself apart um, where I didn't really want to sound like anybody else uh, unorthodox like upbringing where I just kind of taught myself a bunch of this stuff. It's definitely a source of pride for myself because yeah. I, I knew like everything I've achieved is like really from the work that I put in, you know, I mean, people have helped me along the way, of course, but um, ultimately in terms of like, you know, the production and, and um, just my overall like skill as a producer, it's just from me messing around and spending countless hours just in front of the computer, basically. Yeah. How did you start uh, meet like uh, Alza and all those people? Skrillex had taken a bunch of time off, <clears throat> and he came back and did this this BBC Essential mix, and he put one of my songs in there called "The Dip." To this day, I still don't know who gave him the record. Um, but then I, f I finally like formally met him at um, <coughs> at EDC Las Vegas. Oh, what year was this? Oh, I want to say 2013. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I finally, you know, met him and I was like, hey, dude, I just want to thank you for using yeah. my, my song in your mix. And he's like, oh, what's your name? 
I'm like Valentino Connie. He's like, oh man, I like love all your records and stuff. And like, like I said, I still don't know who gave the music to him. <laughs> still, so I can't like thank anybody. But oh my gosh. And then from there, you know, went on tour with him. Um, and then organically, I had a bunch of songs that I was looking to package into like an EP. And he he actually even asked me like, what are you doing musically? Like, would you want to do a release? And I was like, yeah, it's funny asking. So I was like. I've been looking to put these songs out somewhere, so that's how it all, all came about to, to you know releasing music with them. Yeah. Yeah. And how about Diplo? Uh, we got some like San Diego Zoo or something with like yeah, snow yeah. lions. <laughs> yes. Slow snow leopards. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I put out um, so Paul Devereaux found this Mumuton record I put out, or I was about to put out called Ruckus with Will Bailey, and then he um, he hit me up like, Yo, I want to release this on Mad Decent. So I was like, Cool like just took it away and kept it for Mad Decent. Um, and then I started working with Diplo because uh, the song came out that I remember he, he DM'd me on Twitter and it was like, uh, hey dude, like, like congrats on the record or I love it or whatever. I forgot what he said to me. And then um, he was like, we should work on some music together. He sent me his number, I sent him mine. Then he called me in like a few minutes and he, he was like, hey, what's up, this is Diplo. <laughs> and I was like, I was at, I played my first show, and I was at the San Diego Zoo before I headed back home. So yeah, yeah. I was looking, I was looking at snow leopards, and I picked up my phone, and yeah, that was the first time I talked to Diplo. <laughs> Wait, what year was this? Uh, 2012. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, that's when all that happened. Um, and then yeah, then we ended up working on music together, did Bubble Butt together, um, for Major Laser, and yeah. He's always been in my corner yeah. since, like, day one. After that, what was the big, like, moment for you, the next one? I mean, after that was probably, you know, having the Owsley influence and, you know, meeting Skrillex, I think. But um, I've always looked at my career um, as kind of like a progression, you know. I think I've had certain big records that have, like, taken me to, you know, a new level. Yeah, actually, do you anticipate those records? Huh? No. That was that was one of those records where I, I just made it, and I was like, I want to make a cool house record, and I don't know who's gonna play it. Like, maybe my my peers will play it, but then it, the song blew up, and then it blew up even bigger because guys like in like the like the main stage house world, like Afrojack and Calvin Harris, Axel and Grosso, yeah, started playing that record, and then like that really like. I never expected that because I was like, to me, I just made this like cool house record. I didn't expect it to be like translate over into that world. But yeah. I've heard many times before this. It's like, it's a lot of times it's, it's that record that you didn't, you didn't necessarily expect, you know. And that that's that's the one that like vaults you to a new level. So yeah, yeah. Actually, for your even like branding or aesthetic, like what are you inspired by, like non-music wise? I'm, I'm kind of just inspired overall by, I think, just like the creative energy that's around the, the scene, you know? But um, at the same time, I, I, like I said, I, I never want to like be exactly like someone else. Like I, I want to have my own voice, whether, you know, it's whatever I'm doing on my social media or, or it's the music or whatever. Like I, I want to be my own individual, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Well, how did the idea for the pumpkin about? I was surprised that was on YouTube. It's kind of sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I had made this this beat, and like during a studio break, I was in Korea with Skrillex actually, and then I I just 
we, we took a studio break for like real quick and I made this beat and then um, got the right vocal on it and yeah then it it um you know it did really well thankfully yeah <laughs> how about the video itself the video uh, we got uh, uh, we, we got this really cool treatment um, and <clears throat> it was like it's a party full of naked hipsters um, but there's like a twist to it where I, I, I like playing off of cliches oh it, when you first look at it it's like oh it's another video with like a bunch of scantily clad people yeah. and like naked people and it's like there's nothing different different about this but then um then you start to see like the sensor blurs moving and there's yeah. like a, there's a twist to it so I, I liked I like the concept of playing off of that kind of tricking people into like well this is what you expected, but that's not the way, way it's going to go. Since a lot of electronic music is really trend-based, how do you like veer off that, or how do you find your own path amidst all that trend-based stuff? To me, it's, it's just it's just try to be good at everything. But that's what I wanted to do. Maybe that's not necessarily for everybody. So, like, I think everybody has a different journey and different path to um, <coughs> to realizing their success. Yeah. And um, for me, it was like that's what made sense for me and that's what was exciting to me but there's other people that you know like I'm just gonna make dubstep there's nothing wrong with that and like but they kill it at it you know so yeah yeah I think that's um like I said everybody kind of has their different path to um to getting to where they need to get to how do you think your music has changed since the early songs you put out I've definitely gotten better at like mixing down records <laughs> <laughs> and just like I just gotten better at it I think it, it just like I'm constantly trying to like come up with a more cleaner sound or, or something that's a little more left field I think it's like <laughs> school just finished guys I, I just keep trying to do kind of weird unorthodox things you know designing the sounds that are that are in my records I think um, because like I said I, I wanted to stand out from from everything else where like like pump you can look at it and be like well if you want to define it like what is it it's a house record but like the sounds that I use in it I try to use sounds that like I've never heard before personally and that's really what's appealing to me it's cool to step into certain worlds but like do your own take on it like there's mm. nothing wrong with that you know how do you think you've grown as a person since when you started I think I've, I've learned patience mm -hmm. um, and it's a really valuable trait to have <clears throat> and not just patience with the world but like patience with yourself I think like Part of what I had to learn when I was first starting out making music was, hey, like, let's say I'm trying to achieve a certain sound or, or, or just get better in general. And it's like, hey, you might not nail it the first time, the second time, the third time, but eventually, like, you'll get there. And that moment when you finally do, um, it's really satisfying because you remember, like, the struggle of, like, mm. actually trying to get better and... and and uh, improve on yourself. So yeah. I think you, to be able to do that, you have to have patience with yourself. And, and that's something I had to personally learn, I think. What does success look like to you? Having an upward trajectory and constantly growing. Mm -hmm. But everybody has a different definition of it. I, I think success is, is really like, if you wake up and you're happy in the morning and you've achieved the goals that you've set out to achieve, I think that, that's, that's what it's about. You yeah. know? That might mean like, outside of music, it's like you're a baker and you're like, the sickest baker on your block. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you're, you're making the most fire bread rolls, you know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know? That might be what it is. So like I said, it, it's, it's a, but if that's what makes you happy to wake up and do that in the morning, then I think that's, that's like really, 
what it comes down to. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? Somebody that um, pushed music forward, I think. Mm -hmm. Somebody that was like a pioneer, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like, I think what we're doing, you hear it a lot in pop music, but they're like taking a lot of the sounds that we're using mm, yeah. um, in, our, in our world and <clears throat> then incorporating it into those records. Like, for example, like, if you listen to the radio right now, like, like 70% of it is like Moombatone records, basically. Yeah. <laughs> which is like, it's funny because it was like Moombatone died and then it really didn't because it just like lived on through pop music. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like an electronic reggaeton, which is basically Moombatone. So, being part of that and, and, you know, being someone that like has a respect to my peers, I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no disrespect to anybody else, but I think like having the respect to my peers is like. They've all been through it, and they, they know what it entails to, like, make a great record or, you know, live on in this world. And I think, like, if you're able to have the respect of those people around you, um, it's really meaningful. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys.